Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to MagnaWave Office Hours. MagnaCon was last week and it was incredible. We had a great time. I have a lot to talk about with regard to MagnaCon. I'm here to answer your questions, whatever they may be about PEMF, uh, MagnaWave training, uh, certification, whatever it may be. I'm here to answer your questions. And if I can't answer it, I'll get somebody on who can answer it or we'll find out from them and answer it later. But at any rate, uh, we're glad to be with you. We were not here last week because we were getting ready for the MagnaCon event, which took place. We had 250 people in-house and about 300 people, as I understand it, virtual. And uh, everything went pretty well. There were some, uh, we did have some hiccups, and uh, but we're, we're going to make sure we have that uh, worked out in the future. Uh, Hazel's with us on CastBox. We're with you on CastBox as well this morning, YouTube and Facebook. So we're glad to be there with that. Let's see if we have some comments. Comments this morning. Let's see who's with us. Northern Lights is with the with us. Wendy is with us. Uh, Leilani is uh, with us as well. Uh, Mary's with us. Leslie's with us uh, from Colorado. Alicia is with us from British Columbia. Tina's with us uh, from Minnesota. Uh, Kimberly's with us from Washington. A lot of folks joining us this morning, so we're looking forward to that. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about MagnaCon. The weather was supposed to be rainy the whole time, but it turned out that as we were outside for the live training and the hands-on training uh, with the horses and the goats and the pigs, uh, no rain. I mean, it was we were just so lucky that we did not have the rain that was forecast uh, throughout the throughout the event. And I'll tell you, um, this has been a while coming for me, but I, and I've said this several times on this broadcast as well as in person to many, many people. It has been a great uh, joy for me to watch our community grow to where our community knows and understands as much about this therapy and is learning every day in many ways much deeper than I can because you're in the field and they're providing it in the field. And there wasn't hardly an occasion that someone didn't ask a question of me or of us, uh, any of us at the conference, including the speakers that participated, that somebody in the audience or someone later, if there was a continuation of the answer, the uh, audience participants were able to step up and answer their questions equally as well. This is the first time in the hands-on training, typically uh, the folks in the hands-on training, 40 to 50% of those there would be brand new, whereas this year most everybody has been at it for a while. And so in, in actually uh, there wasn't a question asked of me or us during the hands-on training that, again, someone in the audience could not answer as well or better or with more detail than I was able to provide or I provided it at the time. So it was just really exciting uh, to experience that, to see how much everyone has grown and continues to grow. Um, so that it was just it was just a wonderful experience. And we're planning it for next year. Uh, June 8th, 9th, and 10th of 2022. Uh, we're very excited about that. And then we'll move forward from 2022. So it'll be in Louisville live uh, June 8th, 9th, and 10th, 2022. Tickets are available at this point. Uh, we're probably hoping that we'll have four to 500 people live and with us, uh, maybe more. We're probably going to have to change venues by virtue of how they're setting up the venues and requiring distancing, 
how all that plays out in the next 12 months. Uh, but if it is the same, we will have to change venues. And we're looking at a couple other venues right now to get that solidified so we know where people can go. But tickets are on sale at a discount rate. If you know you want to come or you're planning on coming, it, it is available through the website. Uh, look up Magna, MagnaCon 2022. Again, we had a had a great time this year. Um, the, the Halloween party was incredible. The costumes were incredible. Um, it, it was just, we just had a lot of time, a lot of fun. Churchill Downs, the way they had it laid out, we had a tremendous time at Churchill Downs. Also, same thing, uh, weather all afternoon, we had our hands on training and thought, okay, we're gonna catch a break. Um, we had some rain just prior to Churchill Downs, and but when we got there, things were opening up and the weather was nice. And so we got a great evening of racing, a great e uh, entertainment uh, feature. Some folks were winning some great money uh, at the track. Some of us were losing some great money <laughs> at the track, but all in all, we had, a, we had a great time. So for those of you who attended virtually and live in person, thank you for doing so. We hope it was a beneficial learning experience for you. Um, as it as it seems to be every year. So again, thanks a lot for joining us at MagnaCon. Let's see if we've got some, if you have a question and you'd like to talk with me, uh, simply send your question. Let me put up the banner here to uh, send your name and question, na name and number to 502-414-3436. And I will call you back and we can have a conversation about whatever it is uh, that you're wanting to talk about. So please do that, 502-414-3436. And I will give you a call back and uh, answer your question. If you have a question that you would like to uh, ask us, simply put it in the chat box on YouTube or Facebook. We'll be able to see it and, um, and answer your questions accordingly. Uh, Jennifer says, I had a blast first, my first MagnaCon. Thank you, Alan Evans, already planning for next year. Uh, Christine says, so glad I came in person. What a nice conference. And uh, so true. Uh, wonderful. Event. Maureen says, wonderful event. Fantabulous speakers. Fantastic speakers. And, you know, really, we had some, we had some new speakers this year. The biggest glitch we had uh, was very unfortunate. And I think we're going to redo the conversation. But Dr. Marty, when he joined us talking about small animals and answering questions that were presented, answered the questions wonderfully and it was okay but there was just enough of a glitch that he froze up a few times because of the internet so we're going to reach out to dr marty read ask those questions represent that material so we can have it available to you if you did not were not able to attend MagnaCon, you can uh be able to uh, contact us and you can receive the entire conference uh, available to you so you can see everything that was there to have uh, and be able to replay as you desire to get the information that you're looking for. So it's all available to you, uh, if you whether you want to use it for educational purposes or certification purposes, uh, whatever it may be. But they're so correct. The, uh, um, the, the, the speakers were incredible. Um, Freddie Kimmel spoke and, and he was very good talking about how he utilizes his his uh, PEMF device and his podcast that he does. Dr. Marty was great. Everybody, just a great presentation. And again, we're so glad that you joined us um, at the conference. Let's see new comments if we have a question. Question, I have a soul and I'm thinking about using a splitter for a pet mat and a full body travel mat. I know the soul strength is on the lower side. Will this combo still work? 
Well, when you, if you use a splinter with a device, you're going to cut the signal basically in half. Now, so what that all that means is you're not going to get as much, but you're going to get still 10, 15 times more than you're going to get from some of the devices that are low voltage, low frequency. Will it work? Yes. Will you feel it? Probably not. But that's not does not mean that it is not working. So it uh, it will work if you're doing small animals and uh, you want to use uh, the two the mat and and the, the two things together. You will get the signal. It will transfer. Not a problem. But you will not feel it because you're going to be running it at a lower setting on the sole. Try it, see how you feel, see how it works. And uh, it will work fine. You may need to increase your times or at least run your, run your time, run your, it runs 10 minutes. So you may want to run it, let it sit for a minute or two and then rerun again to get the additional time. What you don't want to do with these devices, particularly the sole because it's small and it's in a small box and it can have a tendency and if it's overpowered like that to overheat. So you wanna run a 10 minute cycle, stop for two minutes, let the fan continue to run, run another 10 minute cycle and you should be okay. But I, you know, it's not designed necessarily to use two attachments like that, but you could split it, but just be understanding that you're not gonna feel it as much. Uh, so um, let's see, um, JJ Jeffers asked, I believe it was JJ who asked a, a question in the, um, in the group that I would like to uh, talk about a little bit. I'll get to that perhaps. Let's see if we've had any calls. Let me come back here to the uh, to the voice. Um, yes, we have, we've got three or four folks who want to visit with us. So it's JJ on the line. Let me get JJ up here and I'll give her a call and we can have a conversation. So should be coming up. Good morning, JJ. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You have a question. I did read your question, but go ahead if this is the same thing. Yes. Uh, so just to give a little background, uh, my friend's dad has cirrhosis of the liver. He also has a, li a liver tumor that's about five centimeters, and it's also um, a tumor thrombus where it's in the vein. So unfortunately, because of this tumor thrombus, he's ineligible for a transplant. And then because his liver disease is so advanced, um, he is not eligible for chemo or radiation. So of course, when my friend shared this with me, I of course was like, oh my gosh, we need to get you a MagnaWave, we can rent one. But the main question is, is he actually has some metal fragments in his brain due to a gunshot wound that he had received way earlier in life. So he's not able to do an MRI, which I know an MRI is way stronger, you know, obviously than our machines, but would we be able to, you know, treat his body like his torso, liver area and be safe with the uh, fragments in his brain? Uh, my, my answer would be most certainly. I mean, you're not going to necessarily treat his head uh, or his brain. Um, and the only time we've had an issue with metal in the body was it was a, a shunt or basically what I call the tip of a needle in a breast as a target for radiation. And that had a tendency to heat up. Now, a, but however, typically I would, I would certainly estimate uh, the metal fragments may have, uh, you know, as you said, from a uh, wound earlier in his life, probably are encased in tissue at this point in time and basically insulated. 
So even if you were treating the head, I don't think that you would have an issue uh, from that perspective, but particularly if you're treating the torso, the liver area, uh, you should have no issue at all or worry about what's going on uh, with the fragments, uh, metal fragments or, or shrapnel in his head at this juncture. The fact that he cannot do chemotherapy and is not eligible for a transplant, you know, what have you got, and I hate to use this term, but what have you got to lose? The, the, the future is not bright, so if you can give him some comfort and maybe slow things down and, and help things be okay, then that might be beneficial for this type of situation. As, as I read in your post that the doctors basically have said there's nothing they can do. So I would certainly think that, that anything that people may want to try at this point or think about at this point for those types of situations, the doctor's not going to say, no, don't do that. And, and I wouldn't think. Uh, but they certainly, again, still want to tell the doc what they're doing uh, if they're in the country or wherever they may be. Uh, as I believe you mentioned, he's in Brazil. Uh, there are a lot of, in, in a lot of these countries, PMF is more recognized and understood and has been used for years other than uh, the way it is or has been typically up until now in the United States. So uh, that's, that's what I would share with you with regard to that. Okay. And if we are able to get him a machine, uh, I actually, when I, I misspoke, they aren't in Brazil yet. He's actually here in the state and they're going back to Brazil at the end of this month because that's where he's from. So he's been here visiting his daughter um, and just has been too sick to go back home. So I'm hoping to get them a machine and then, you know, they would be able to take it with them for while she's there. Um, would you recommend, you know, starting out for maybe three days, you know, doing some sessions, possibly giving a break and then moving into maybe two sessions a day? I would think you could do... Uh, I would start one session a day for two or three days and see how he's doing, see how that, that he's comfortable. And certainly there'd be no reason that you wouldn't do two sessions a day, four to six hour separation. Okay, perfect. Pat, thank you so much. Okay. Um, I see you in person at MaxCon and I will definitely be back next year. Great. Thank you so much for being there. We had a wonderful time. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Uh, Bye-bye. Great question, and uh, that is something that we've often dealt with. People often ask the question, what about rods, screws, plates, all of those types of situations. What I recommend always in those cases is that you wanna make sure the client is comfortable and you wanna make sure they're comfortable with what's going on. They're immediately thinking, will this work with my screws that I have in or the rods or the plates? So I always recommend put the, put the coil on the area that you're wanting to treat, begin to treat them for two or three minutes on a very moderate setting, just to make sure that they're comfortable and they understand what's going on and then begin to boost it to a point Comfort, as we know, is the key, and then raise the intensity to make sure that they are still comfortable and proceed in that fashion. Uh, but I've had folks where I, you know, you, and I just want to, you know, how this goes. If you tell some, oh, this could heat something up, and you put it on them, they're going to feel like it's heating it up. So don't tell them. Just treat them for two or three minutes and see how they feel and what's going on. Believe me, if they have a piece that's small enough that will begin to heat a little bit, they'll know it and they'll tell you. And then you do one or two things. Don't do it or turn it down to where you don't have that issue. Again, getting some energy into the air area is better than getting no energy into the area. So comfort is the key in those types of situations. So uh, Shana is wanting to visit. Let's uh, ring up Shana here and see if we can give her a call. 
Okay, here it is. All right. Let's uh, ring her up. She didn't give me a question, so we'll get her on the line and see what her question might be and uh, move from that direction. Hello? Shana. Good morning. Good morning. Pat Zemer here. How are you? I am fantastic. How are you doing? I'm great. Okay. You have a question for me. I do. So I was just at a barrel race this past weekend um, with a couple of good friends of mine. And one of my friend's horses um, was coughing. Um, and she has a Flexinub um, treatment thing mm. with her. Uh -huh. um, and I don't remember the... Um, medication that she put into it but she was also wanting to have her horse treated with the magnolias before our race that day and i told her i don't want to do that yet until um i feel more comfortable knowing that it's okay to do a magnolia on top of a flexineb treatment so i thought i'd call and ask typically there, there is not an issue with that yeah. i mean i don't know what they were doing uh with the uh with that unit and and that would be the thing to ask but if they're working to clear the lungs and have a better breathing capability if they maybe there's allergies and they had something in there to help with the allergies you're not going to do anything to to uh hurt that and uh and so what you might do is wait till that session is complete and then treat or treat prior okay. to that session and then let them utilize that. I mean, just imagine those are putting droplets into the lungs, which are then being absorbed and then utilized by the body as, they, as they're designed to do. So if you treated prior and the lungs are fresh and ready to go and then they treat, they're gonna get better benefit from their look, what they're looking to, uh, for what they're looking to achieve. Okay, awesome. Yeah, okay. that answers my question for sure. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Have a great day. Bye-bye. So good questions. And let me take a look here and see if we've got any additional questions, new comments. Let's see if we've got any additional questions here online. Let me just scroll up here. Uh, Paula Kennedy's with us this morning. Hello, Paula. Uh, Lacey's with us. Uh, is there a timeline for virtual attendees to complete the quizzes? That's a good question, and I'm sure that Emily or uh, um, those that are with us this morning will be able to answer that question. Uh, question from Brianna. Uh, I have a soul, and I'm thinking about using this. Oh, we already asked that. Uh, cool, cool. We answered that question already. Okay, let me move over here uh, to my voice and see who we have. Let's see, I have a Pulse Pro and I have a huge difference between setting three and four. Seems very gentle for a horse on three and would like a little more, but four is so much more intense. Is this how it should be? My machine is only six months old. Between three and four. Um, you know, it's they're pretty well set up as to how they should be. Um, I, I would almost need to hear it. What I would rec request that you do uh, is uh, let me let me get you on the phone here. We'll just discuss that. Hello. Hello, Pat Zemer here. Hi there. How are you? Turn your speakers down on your phone or computer. Yes, just one sec. Okay. 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 
uh, you're noticing a difference between settings three and four. Let me ask you a couple of questions. Yeah. Uh, sure. Which attachment are you using? Um, I generally use the large loop or mm -hmm. the small butterfly. Okay. And I find if I'm doing, uh, let's say, a horse's um, shoulder area, mm -hmm. on three, I feel like I need a little bit more. But if I go to four, it's way too much. Like, it's, his skin, like he starts jumping around almost. The skin is, is moving much more. You're getting much more relaxation. Yes. Okay. Look at the horse's eye. So quite often, yeah. look at his eye and see if he's comfortable. The fact that the skin mm -hmm. is moving much, much more really does not interfere with his comfort. Uh, I've had people mm -hmm. over the years that they say, oh my gosh, I had to turn it down because it was so much movement when I turned it up a setting or two and they have to be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Look at their eyes. If they're right. comfortable in their eyes, if they, if they, if they move a little bit, it's fine. If they walk away, then they're uncomfortable. Now, my other yeah, question. Yeah, some do that. Pardon me? We do train, uh, we do treat different horses and some will, you can tell are uncomfortable on number four. Okay, when you say you can tell they're uncomfortable, what are they doing? Like moving, they start moving around. Moving, the ar ties. moving around is okay. Okay. Moving around is fine. If it's too much, they won't move around. They will flat walk away. Right. And and, and that's where and I, I tell the story often to where I had a customer call me and said, well, I'm just not getting the results I was getting. It was working so well at the beginning and I'm treating them. And I say, so what are you doing? Well, I've been treating their neck where they're having some issue. And then I turn it up and it's it's throbbing so hard that I had to turn it down. I knew it was bad for them. And I tell them to look mm -hmm. at the eye, and if the eye is okay, serene, you know, relaxed, continue mm -hmm. to treat. And they and so then they said, okay. So they went back and they looked at the eye. The eye was comfortable. They turned it up. The, the movement was much more than they had experienced on a lower setting, but it worked mm -hmm. again. All of a sudden there's, oh, it's back. So you got to realize that what you see is not always necessarily what they're feeling in terms of okay. their of their discomfort. The other thing that I okay. would say is if you're using the butterfly, you're you're stimulating mm -hmm. less tissue. So in in many cases they'll be more comfortable utilizing the butterfly than if you use for example if you put the large loop, the 12 inch diameter large loop on the shoulder and you turn it up to 4 right. or 5, you'll get a lot more movement than you will out of the butterfly because right. the butterfly is stimulating less tissue. That would be my recommendation is to test that. The other thing that I would okay. ask you to do is to shoot a video on, and, mm -hmm. and, and put it on one for 30 seconds, two for 30 seconds, three for 30 seconds, four for 30 seconds, five for 30 seconds while we're hearing the clicking. Uh, okay. We don't have to necessarily be doing it on the horse. I just want to hear the clicking so we can ascertain where it's going uh, between those two settings. That's all okay. computer set, so it should be pretty dynamic. But it is possible that there could be a, maybe a little uh, erosion on one of your uh, electrodes that's causing that a particular setting to be glancing off the electrode a little differently. That can come from several different, it could, but it could have been jostled a little bit at some point or whatever. So make that video okay. so we can hear the differences between the settings, and then we can help you uh, down that road. Okay, that's what I'll do. Okay, doke. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Have a great day. Bye-bye. How would I send that to you, Pat? Would I send it to you or? Uh, I would send it. I would make it and send it to Lee. 
Lee at Magnolia. Oh, to Lee, okay. Uh huh. And then she'll send it yes, to me. Yes, I'll do that. She'll get it to me. Okay, thank you. Okay, you're welcome. Have a great day. Have a good day. Bye bye. Mm -hmm. Bye bye. Great questions, and I, I can't tell you how often somebody is treating, and I, I've said this before, if you're treating someone's back, and and, if you, and the difference between quite often between a man and a woman being treated, the woman will tell you that's plenty. A guy will look at you and say, oh, I, I can take some more of that. that, that I can handle that. Well, when I, someone tells me that, I turn it down. So they don't, so we're not, they, uh, some people like to be hit a little harder, if you will. And they'll say, oh yeah, I can take that. You don't need to take it. We needs to be good and comfortable. And the same thing, always look at the eye and walking around is totally different than walking away. And, uh, uh Jesse, who was uh, treating the goat with us, uh, Jesse Schmidt, at, was doing the livestock uh, demonstrations, and she was saying, uh, when you treat pigs, quite often they're walking all around the pen, and you just follow them around the pen because they rarely will they stand there for you to treat them. That's just their nature, and so she follows them around the pen with, <laughs> with the with the coil on their hip, and then moving it to the other hip as she's walking around the pen with the pig. And, and so you just have to understand that. But typically I've noticed if it's a horse and it's too much, they will walk away. If, if it's, if it's there and they're kind of, you know, when you get a massage, if someone's rubbing your back and you're, Oh yeah, that's good. And you're kind of moving and moving into it and maybe bending forward while someone is, is doing your back. That doesn't mean you're getting up and walking away. You know, I've had a massage one time in California. A guy took, we were out there at a, at a meeting and they, he said, I want you and Debbie to go get a massage. And so we went to this place and my God, they were walking on my back. It was killing me. <laughs> it was amazing. I felt pretty good afterwards. Actually not afterwards. I felt pretty good that evening and the next day, but they were, this person was walking on, on, on my back and, and it didn't feel good, <laughs> but they knew what, what they were doing. If I could have run away, <laughs> I would have, but they're on my back. I'm standing there. So I was a little, uh, you know, interesting situation. I'm never going to do that type of massage again. I can tell you that uh, 100%. Let's see if we got any other questions here on StreamYard. Let's see. Uh, what? Okay. Well, let's come back here. I missed a few sessions on day two in virtual MagnaCon. So do I just go back to the Whova whenever and rewatch them? That is correct. Go back to the Whova app and rewatch them uh, at your leisure as you can. If the quiz won't be added to Kajabi next week, does it make more sense to revisit MagnaCon until next week? Well, you know, it doesn't hurt to go back and watch it and then maybe watch it again next week before you uh, do your quiz. So you're certainly up on what's going on. It's kind of like school. You can read the chapter uh, more than once to glean the information. And I've learned that when I listen to these people answer these questions, when the practitioners stand up and ask, or ask a question, then pretty much someone in the audience answered the question. Uh, it was very interesting. We had someone ask a question about an insulin pump and can we treat with someone that has an insulin pump? And Dr. Amanda was answering the question and we were, Elaine and I was throwing, were throwing in some information and all of a sudden a hand shot up in the back of the room. It was a practitioner with an insulin pump and she got up and said, this is what I do and this is how it works for me and I treat all day long with my pump in place and, and it's it's never caused never caused an issue and so it was just so interesting to be able to get so deep into the questions that people are asking and to help them uh, with their answers uh let's see it was a bit challenging to wait online to catch arlene's live 
Elaine's live talks and then wait for the session to be loaded at least an hour after the real event and keep the interest of the MagnaCon not attending in person. We understand. And for those of you who are new and maybe didn't do the virtual or what we did, uh, because the internet in the hotel uh, would not support us well enough to live stream it while the event was live. We're already working to solve that problem, hopefully in the future, that we can live stream at the same time as we're doing the, the live event. But as it worked out, we knew that was gonna be a problem as I shared with our situation with, with Dr. Marty at the event, had some breakup and some uh, screen freezing at that. So what we did is we recorded each, sec each, sec each session and played it back basically the next hour. So it was an hour at, as, the, as soon as the presentation was over, we took the recording and uploaded it. There was some time uploading and so forth, but then it was available to the virtual audience. So it was not live, but it was virtual and, and that they could watch it pretty much at the same time as the rest of us. That's the only way we could do it this year. And we're certainly going to continue to work to fine tune that as we uh, as we go on. What are your thoughts on the type one diabetes uh, guidelines? Well, you know, I think that, you know, the diabetes situations, we're talking about circulation, we're talking about oxygenation, healthy blood to better receive the, the uh, medications that someone with type one, type 1 diabetes has. And uh, many people with diabetes have felt very good with the wellness help that the PEMF and the PEMF and the MagnaWave provide to them. So that's always something to uh, uh, be considered. And uh, I don't have the guideline right in front of me, but I will uh, take a look at that and, and try to come back with my exact thoughts on that uh, next year. And uh, we can we can have next next week and uh, we can have a look at that. The guidelines pretty much uh, through the presentations are designed as helpful guides. They're not necessarily in stone. They are not necessarily protocols that you can say this will happen if I do that because we don't practice, we, we don't diagnose, we put a guideline up that can be beneficial. And so that's where your individual experience takes a guideline, applies it to a situation, understands that every person, every animal, every small animal is different. So what works on one horse will not necessarily work on the next horse exactly. We know that if you're working to soothe the back or you're working to soothe the hips, you can do that. But one horse may require more treatments. Another horse may be happy with one treatment or one horse performs very well. If you treat three or four hours before the event, the, uh, the next horse performs better when it's treated the day before the event. The guideline is there as to how to approach it. But you need to uh, uh, administer to the guidelines and then make your best decision and then discuss it with the training department or propose a question to us. And if necessary, we'll get Dr. Amanda or Dr. Marty to give us some input as to how best your situation can be addressed in those situations. Okay, let's see. Um, uh, let's see if I've got the right, uh, see, I have a client with MS and she's interested in purchasing a machine. Which machine would work best for her? I'm working on her with the Max. Well, you're probably not turning the max all the way up uh, when you as you use it on her. Uh, actually, pretty much any machine in our line could provide good energy and potentiality to those types of clients. Again, 
the level of the MS, how far it is, how far it's progressed, uh, will be a, a determining factor. If you're using the max, the biggest issue that would be had is if you're using the max and maybe you're treating the person's knees or back or whatever at the same time, and you go down to a, 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 a spiral go, for example, which is much less powerful, they may not feel the same effect, the same pulsing that they do on the max. So I would certainly say that you probably want to look at something from the uh, um, Soul to the, the new machine, the Soul Pro that was introduced this week, the Pulse Pro and so on, or the Julian, something in, the, in that range that the person's going to get the same sensation. Uh, if you go much lower than the Soul, they won't get the same sensation that they feel. And, it, and it's so true that if someone, I used to say, if someone grew up with a Max and you need to give them a Maya that's totally digital, uh, they're not going to understand the, the difference because the, the Maya feels different than the Max does. The Maya signal comes up and it's got a little rounded point on the top and then it falls off very rapidly. Well, that rounded point enters the body much more comfortably or much smoother than what the the, the spark chamber machine with a signal that comes to a very sharp point and down, it's a little more direct. So if someone has only had analog machines or spark chamber machines, when you switch them to digital, they're going to, mm, it's not the same. And it's not. It, it may be the same energy and it may produce the same result, but it's what they're comfortable uh doing. It's what they're comfortable uh, being in. And so that's the thing that you need to address there. So again, if you're with a Max, I would say Pulse Pro, Julian, Soul, any of those machines, um, the Semi 5, um, the new Semi 10, any of those devices will be there. The Semi 5, Semi 10, and Maya are totally digital machines. And whereas the Soul, Pulse Pro, and the Julian are uh, analog spark chamber machines. So you just need to to approach that. And uh, and again, your product specialist can take you a little deeper into that type of discussion, but that's what you'd want to consider. Okay, let's see. Did I miss anything here? Nope, let's see. So that's good. So let me come back here. Um, talk, okay, talking to Ivy. I'm new to MagnaWave. We'll be purchasing my very first soon. But what are the quizzes that everyone is talking about, and why do the quizzes, and why do you do quizzes? Well, we have we have quizzes or tests at the end of each chapter of our training, and when we, when someone is redoing their certification, if they're in a certification renewal at the end of the year, then there's a they, they watch the MagnaCon presentation, and we make quizzes based on the presentation that was made that they watched the the uh, report or they watch the program and then they can answer back what was said so we know that they're absorbing what's taken taken into place so the certification uh, can be can be reissued the certification is not just something that we do to say well we're certified and and that's it and we don't have to have additional information uh, provided with it we want you to understand grow your knowledge and learn more so that's the the basis and the reasons uh, for the for the quizzes 
regarding, regarding renewing the practitioner certification, is it just a payment to keep active certification or is there continuing education requirements? Thank you. Matthew, there are, that's what I was just discussing, there are continuing education requirements. And most certifications, most, uh, you see doctors, attorneys, everybody has to go back and take some classes each year put so many hours into new education, re-education to stay up on what they're doing. And, and we're in this business to be very knowledgeable, uh, understand what we're doing, help the animals that we are uh, out to help. And so it is not just pay us whatever the amount is and get recertified because we're asked if we want to be accredited, we want our testing to be accredited. We want to be accepted as a, as in the eyes of the um, FDA and various regulatory boards that we are doing our job. We need to back that up and show that we're doing our job. And you as a practitioner need to back that up and show that you're continually learning and uh, going on uh, from there. So yes, that is the, that is the, that is the situation. Um, let's see. How much stronger is a semi 10 compared to the three or five? Uh, that is a very good question. I would say that the semi 10 is a little stronger than the semi five. It is stronger. It does go higher in terms of numbers. It's just not a breakdown of the same settings in the same power range. It is a little more powerful machine. I don't have those numbers in front of me today because it was just introduced and uh, but I'll get with Cameron and Teresa and uh, we'll be able to provide those differences with regard to gals delivery uh, on the various settings so you understand uh, where they are and that perhaps they can answer that at right here in the thread as we go on. Uh, let's see, Angela asked, can you treat someone while on chemo? The challenge is, is, if someone's on chemo, is that quite often when people, people experience chemo, they don't feel good. They take on flu-like symptoms. They get sick. And we don't want to enhance that. And we know that we do improve blood flow. We enhance the utilization of medications or proteins or things that people are taking, nutrients that they're taking into their body. So we don't want to take the, run the risk of if someone's on chemo that they feel worse if they're utilizing uh, PEMF. So we all typically recommend that following the chemo, wait 24, 48 hours, and then begin treatment to help improve the well-being and to relieve some pain and, and to promote the body's healing. So that's typically what is done. However, in, in some countries outside the United States, doctors are kind of taking the position that we want enhancement of the chemo. And so we want to treat during the chemo. And if someone's already sick and they feel a little sicker or they sleep a little longer, but we're getting better result that we're looking for, uh, that's how some people take it. Now, you go down to Hope for Cancer in, in Tijuana, Tijuana uh, uh, Dr. Jimenez, Dr. Tony Jimenez, they, they do everything they do there to avoid utilizing chemotherapy. Chemotherapy, as Dr. Amanda pointed out, is basically a poisoning of the body to hopefully, here's what happens. The chemotherapy actually kills the cells around the cancer cells, doesn't really kill the cancer cells, the oxygen in the body, the good blood oxygen is what kills the cancer cells. And the cancer cells do not live in the presence of oxygen as we are told. And so what we want, what we want to do is they do the chemo, they get everything in there, then we pump the body with 
good oxygenated blood blood flow and all of that. The white blood cells get bigger. The white blood cells can better do their job and hopefully attack and help the body rid itself of the cancerous cells. And that's kind of what, what we're going for and, and what happens with chemo and, and what it's doing. So there's just a lot to learn, a lot to discuss in those areas, but that's basically uh, the background of it. Um, let's see. Can you put, treat someone with metal plates in their body? We talked about that at the very beginning of the show. If you joined us late, uh, it's uh, hit the replay. But typically, uh, metal plates, rods, uh, uh, screws in the body, in the bones, uh, have not caused a problem. They're solid. They're they're secure. Uh, they're not going to. Uh, there is no electricity again. Remember, we are a magnetic field. The only time we have issue with metal, and we discussed this at Magnacon, and you might experience it if you got it using a, a metal chair. You got a, a mat sitting in a metal chair, and you turn the machine up, and all of a sudden you hear a clicking, and then you look at the chair and you see a sparking at where the metal is. Well, that's because they use rivets to put chairs together and the rivets are basically because there's there's movement where they're folding up and closing and opening and that type of thing. If there's air gaps, if someone has a very loose chain, I mean a loose chain around their neck or on their wrist, if there's air gaps in that chain, then you get a machine very close to it, you could you could feel some some uh, arcing if you will. But on on things that are in the body, it's typically not been an issue to treat if someone has a rod, screw, or plate uh, in their body. You always want to put it on, do it, make sure they're comfortable, and go forward. But we're not, it's not like a magnet. It's not going to pull on anything. It's not going to loosen screws or anything like that. The pulsing uh, doesn't do that because it's a field and not a magnetic pulling uh, type of device. Um, let's see. Uh, Liani, I made a lot of friends on Whova, and also the questions and answers were really amazing and helpful. Does the Whova app expire, or can we continue to chat? Uh, send if I have access to our contacts on. If I have con yes, uh, my understanding, and Teresa will be able to answer that, Leani, um, directly to you. But my understanding is the Whova app. Uh, continues on for a, a good period of time. I don't think it stops, but I'm not for certain that we will get that answer to you uh, perfectly. The PMF 101 session was only 15 minutes long on Whova. Um, I don't think virtual people saw the entire thing. Well, Kelly will check that and make sure that there wasn't an issue with the presentation. Uh, it was about, uh, we probably spoke for an hour um, or 45 minutes on the um, PMF 101, but if, if you feel that you want more, this is a good place to get it because what we did there is answered questions about what people felt or what they were doing. And we explained basically how the therapy worked and we cover that type of thing all the time here. So Kelly, uh, I'll, uh, your questions here and uh, Teresa will have a look at that and uh, get back to you on that. Let's see, Dion asked the question in MagnaCon, I was told there was, they were the same, but the Semi-5 allows more customization than the Semi-3 and the Semi-10 allows more customizations than the 5. Uh, was at 11 minutes and let's see, Kelly Brazil, I don't think it ran too much longer. Oh, uh, Maureen's answering the question a little bit, great. Okay, let's go back here and see if we got some calls. We do, let's get a hold of, um, she has a question about guidelines and headaches. Okay, let's get Leslie on the phone. 
Wow, time has flown along. We're down to, we've been on here for 48 minutes. It's incredible. Hello? Leslie, good afternoon. Pat Zemer here. Hi, Pat. How are you? Good. You have a question? Yes. Um, I have a new client. He's a, a three-year-old stud colt. When he was a yearling, he was kicked in the knee by another horse, sustained multiple fractures. Um, he had surgery. He was Everything was put back together, and his leg is straight. But he has um, limited range of motion and flexion, and the knee is uh, enlarged. The whole joint's enlarged and, and feels pretty hard. Um, I'm waiting to get the x-rays from the vet that were just taken a couple weeks ago. But um, So the owner is on board for having, knowing it's going to be like a long-term type of um, thing treating him. But I was wondering, that's protocol um and what what kind of results we might expect with an injury that's um how old, is, how old is the injury pardon me how old is the injury two years he was kicked when he was a yearling and he's um three years old now so obviously there's there's probably there could be a couple of things there could be scarring in there that that's uh, causing some of the issue and uh, we'd want to try to soften the scarring um, so it becomes uh, more uh, fluid, if you will. There could be some serious inflammation of the tendons and the cartilage in the area. It's much harder to get inflammation out of the cartilage or a nerve uh, than it is soft tissue of a muscle. So given, uh, I had a racehorse a few years ago in Florida um, and the, the trainer called me in Ocala and was telling me that the, the the horse on its ankle had a look like I'm going to call it a baseball like swelling or scar tissue on the side of the ankle, and it was doing the same thing you're talking about. It was a, about a year and a half old injury, and it was hindering the raise, range of motion. And so what we did is we used a laser and MagnaWave. So you could use you don't have to necessarily use them both, but that's what we did on this particular horse. He lasered it and then we magnawaved it. And basically what was felt like a hard ball on the side of the ankle felt then began to feel like a nerf ball. It was you could you could flex it, you could squeeze it. And so it became softer. We really didn't diminish it because we don't the, the, these two devices are not designed to eradicate scarring that's already there. Uh, there are some processes, there are some new supplements that people talk about being able to soften that, but we softened that up that the range of motion was returned to the ankle and the horse was still able to compete. And so in this situation where you're talking about stud type of things, you want to treat that and uh, what to expect is hard to say, but after I would, I would treat it every day for uh, seven to 10 days twice a day for the first two or three days if you desire. I'd go right on it with the butterfly or the paddle, something like that. And I would, uh, being where it is, you can probably put your intensity as high as you would like uh, to get in there and massage that area and hopefully begin to take the inflammation out of the cartilage, out of the nerve, out of the inflammation, the scarring that is there and improve 
uh, hopefully improve the range of motion. But as you know, and as you said, and as the trainer knows, it could be a while for that to happen. But if you do what I'm saying and do it for 10 days, maybe twice a day for the first few days, over that period of time, you might begin to see some relief and some improvement of the range in motion. Not, maybe not a lot initially, but if you see some and you stay persistent, you can see more and get more. You follow what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. and yeah, and I was able, I've done one session with him um, last week and I was able to use the paddle uh -huh. and he tolerated, um, I have a semi three and he tolerated medium. I tried going up to high after starting with low for a bit and then medium. And, um, I could tell by his eye that was a little too much. So we went back to medium, but he's, he just been out in pasture. He hasn't been handled much and he's barely been handled, had that knee touched or anything. So for being a stud and he was being pretty minutes? wild the day before I was told he, he did really well. Great. How many minutes? And I used a red infrared light. Okay, that's good. How many minutes did you treat him? Um, I did about 10 minutes with the red infrared light. And then I did, I did that first just because we weren't sure how he'd uh, okay. feel about the clicking and everything. And then I did, um, I think at least 30, 35 minutes. That's fine. With uh, the paddle. Yeah. And you did it once. I, I would, I would try to do it every day for 10 days. And to see okay. how it does. But it sounds like to me, certainly there's inflammation there if it's affecting his range of motion. The question is, is it, is it so severe that it's going to take so long to get to it for him to get the relief that you're looking for? But, you know, history tells me that if you, what you're doing, if you do it a little more often, you'll get some relief. Okay, great. Thank okay. you. You're welcome. Thank you a lot. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. Okay, let's see here. Um, Jason's going to talk to us. Let's get Jason on the line. And we're running close. We'll check some more questions. This is Jason Bill at 409-599-5717. Please leave a message or send me a text. Well, there was Jason. Jason was on the line. He said thank you is what his message was, and uh, we appreciate that. And uh, Jason Bill is a great guy, a great farrier, great MagnaWave user, and uh, he's got a lot of good stories to tell us as well. But he wasn't available to take the call. Uh, maybe we'll catch him. Uh, catch him next time. Those of you on uh, CastBox, we're glad we're with us. Hazel, uh, good. I'm glad you had a great time at MagnaCon. You ordered the new Soul Pro. That's exciting. And a lot of new, had new machines uh, rolled out this year. And so we're excited about that. Always trying to do things to uh, give you the best you can, the best value that you can have to uh, better your business and move things along. Let me come back over here to my studio and see Small animal hands-on, let's see here. Got Janie says, small wasn't, the video was just the questions as the end, nothing of the actual treatment. You know, Janine, um, if you were there in person, we what, what typically happened on the uh, small, on the hands-on and what's happening, you know, you put the coils on the animal or on the, on the horse and what, typically happens is people ask more questions than they're concerned about what they're seeing. And I, I, 
it's just funny. That's how it goes. The same thing, same thing happened outside on the horses. We were, they were asking specific questions about where to apply on the horse and what to do on the horse, even though we did not necessarily, as it worked out because of the education level of the folks. And that's why we have these programs to be able to take it a step further. And so it, it's always a challenge when we're, when we're doing that is to, we can, treat a dog and we could put the coils on the dog and say, okay, here's the hands-on training. And let's talk about a dog for a second. The hands-on training on a dog, on most dogs, uh, would be you put the coil on their hips or their coil on the shoulders, or if it's a small dog, the dog lays in the coil and you turn the machine on you and you treat it. Now, what is the issue the dog is having? Those are the questions that the people start to ask. How's it going to work with the hip dysplasia? How's it going to help his knee? Or where's it going to go for his back issue or his arthritis? The bottom line is you put it on and you treat the area. And if it's viable to help, you're going to see an improvement in what they're doing. I can't, even if I were doing hands-on training on a dog right this minute with, with severe uh, arthritis, I can show you where to put the coil on the hip, and uh, but it doesn't really make any difference. If it's a smaller dog, they lay in the middle of the coil and you proceed uh, with the treatment. Everybody wants to, to say, okay, you take this coil and you put it right here and it solves this problem. And the next dog, you put it right there, doesn't solve the problem. What, what it makes people comfortable is to be able to see, hey, this is how it's done, this is how we position it, and this is what we look for in the end. And it's different from everyone. As Dr. Marty talked about, when he and I first met in person and there was this world champion dachshund that was dragging its legs around the room, and I laid the dog in the large coil for eight minutes and the dog got up and ran away, what can I say or do other than I laid the dog in the large coil for eight minutes and he got up and he ran away and jumped on the bed three times that night, which he hadn't done for months. And, and so uh, it, it's easy to anticipate they're going to give me the secret to make this do this. And we do the hands-on because quite often when we come to MagnaCon, people do want to ask questions and they do want to see a dog there or a cat there being treated. But to get to go around the whole thing, it, it's, you know, it's very easy to say, you know, you know, it, it, for example, as I said, at the live training on the horse, every, for me to go through at that point on the live hands-on training for the horse, for the people in the audience that I was talking to at that juncture and approach that horse, and we talked about it, come in from the chest, do the shoulders, make sure they're comfortable, make sure they're comfortable with the coil. We do that. We do that in all the training, but everybody was saying, I want to know about this question. Can I ask that question? And as it turned out, I'm standing there with Remy, and, and, and Remy came, uh, Joanne Van Horn's horse. Remy came and, and a, uh, in the line of secretariat as a sire, and Remy gets treated pretty often, and Remy was in good shape. So, you know, to find specific areas of, of uh, sensitivity was a little tough, but we were able to get found some on the shoulder, found some areas. But, you know, if someone was there looking for the hips to be moving on Remy, we didn't see it. And uh, because Remy is pretty healthy uh, in his hips. So, yeah. And, I'm you know, I, I understand. And there's always going to be such, and I'm the same way. I turn on something and watch a watch a speaker or somebody that I'm hoping is going to teach me something. And I watch them and I think, well, I pretty much understand what they're saying. So I'm really not gaining anything today, but it's still there. And every time I do that, I think about something else. This is my question that occurred. And so if you have some questions that occurred, that's why I'm here this morning is to help take that a step further. So 
and and uh, there was a question, who was the person there on crutches? He spoke briefly about putting attachment above the fetlock. I thought maybe he was going to speak. He is a farrier. Uh, that person was Jeff Chanel, uh, who was on crutches because he had a very tragic accident in Texas this year during all the uh, ice storms. And uh, uh, he was not there as a speaker this year. He was there as an observer. Um, and, and from this con concept of, of being a farrier, uh, he's done a lot of farrier work over the years, very well respected in the farrier world, has a lot of good thoughts about what to do. I've known Jeff since uh, basically when I started and I met him and he was kind enough to give me some referrals and, and to work on, on things. And so uh, uh, things are different, but that's, that's who it was. And, and uh, um, he may be on Facebook and if you'd like to uh, visit with him uh, further. Okay. So uh, we are out of time. It's been a great program today. Thank you so much for being with me. We look forward to being back next week and uh, uh, answering more questions, helping learn more, helping understand more about PEMF and our therapy and uh, what we do uh, in the world of MagnaWave. So again, thank you for being with me. Wave on to better health. We love you guys and we enjoy being here. So have a great week. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Those of you 